0: Welcome back to Bare Knuckles and Brass Tacks, the cybersecurity podcast that tackles the vendor-customer divide. We're away this week at RSA, so enjoy this best of episode featuring snippets from some of our favorite interviews that we've done so far. We'll return next week to our regularly scheduled programming. Until then, enjoy this encore episode. And remember, subscribe to Bare Knuckles and Brass Tacks wherever you get your podcasts. So, um, George, you sent me some hilarious stuff over the past few weeks. So why don't you start? Yeah. So let's just say there's
1: a, there's a vendor from, or there's a, there's a sales guy from a a very well-known, um, you know, global level snake oil sales, uh, or call them that. I mean, look, their product sucks. Like we're, we're, we're going to obviously not get sued or libel, but The fact is that it's a well-known thing within technical leads in the industry that their product is absolute garbage, but their sales folks where they clearly seem to invest the most in their, in their organization, they'll come after you. Um, And so this guy has been constantly bothering me, constantly bothering me. What I didn't realize was that somehow he had also acquired uh, the email address of my sock manager. So he, uh, you know, talked to me at one point and he was like hey and one of the emails and sometimes i'll I'll just read them like if i have a minute like like, okay is the dude sent me six emails in a row is there anything actually worth reading he'll be like hey so i I talked to your sock manager and he will drop the guy by name and be like he said you know blah 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 and then he wanted to see a demo and blah 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 and i'm like wait a minute because you know like everyone else like i'm going through budgetary season and and everything Mm. that we want to do from a tech plan has been thoroughly reviewed, and we're aligned. Like I don't, I don't do this thing in the dark. I'm not, I'm not a CISO king. Like I'm a collaborator. Right? I sit with my my team, and we figure out, like, okay, dudes, what do we want to do for the next year? What can we afford? And so these types of decisions are are taken very seriously, and they're scrutinized. There's a lot of due diligence involved. So for this guy to come up to me and be like, hey, so I was talking to your sock manager, and he said he wanted to give you guys a demo. I'm like, you know, I talk to my sock manager every single day. And you guys have just never come up. So I asked him, like my, my manager. And I said, hey, man. So uh, I literally took a screenshot of it and I sent him, sent him the message. And he was like, dude, I don't, I don't know what this guy's talking about. Like I ran into them at a conference. And uh, I, you know, just politely said, yeah, maybe we'll look at a demo later on. Because I just didn't want to talk to him anymore. And so I realized like, oh, so they took his email from the swipe pass.
0: Like, yeah. you know, from your know, mm-hmm.
1: conference badge. And then he just he just connected the dots like, oh, Oh, so George works at Ruby and this guy works at Ruby. They probably work together. I, I could do this. I can, I can get the one guy. They'll confuse them. I'll confuse them into the pitch. And, and you're just like, okay, okay. This level of thirst, this level of desperation. I mean, my, my stock manager and I had a, had a good laugh about it. You know, I mean, that's, that's all fine and good. But at the same time, I remember messaging it back to you being like, George, like how frigging desperate are these people, man? It's absolutely gross.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think what stood out to me is, you know, from the vendor side, like, how long do you think that's going to go on? Like, don't you think that these two probably talk to each other on the daily and they're going to be like, they're just going to check that story real quick? Like, I don't know. I guess I don't even understand, like, why the subterfuge, like, why even try that?
1: Yeah, it's, it's just, it doesn't make any sense, you know, and, and it's, I think at the end of the day as well, it's, it's a bit dehumanizing because, you know, like, like no one's, no one's going to spend a uh, hundred thousand dollars or a quarter million or hell, no one's going to spend two dollars on something from someone who makes them feel used, who makes them feel like, you know, oh, this person's an idiot. I can just you know run one over on right. them. And, and that's effectively the message that that salesperson was sending is that, Hey, like I'm smarter than you guys. I'm going to dupe you guys into this thing. And lo and behold, you're going to be in my sales cycle. And you know, the fact of the matter is like we're, we're in security. Our entire job is to sniff out bullshit. So like, what are doing, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I will say before we move on this particular vendor in Four years, I think, since I first ran into them at a conference in the UK, I have not heard one person in any of my circles say a nice thing about them. So I guess what I'm confused about is eventually, don't they run out of customers? (laughs) Like, I mean, like, where's the market going to go? Well,
1: I think they probably have some public sector clients, uh, maybe in the UK Mm. and Europe. And that's probably what keeps their ship afloat because, you know, if you're aggressive enough with your marketing and you can, you know, convince the right dodo and the right decision making authority to, to make a purchase decision and they know that, you know, they're leaving the job in a year because it's time for their next post or whatever, then yeah, you know, then you, you have that money. It's kind of like when you're in the consulting world, like when I used to work in there, um, I used to see some of the contracts that the big consulting firms would get and uh, you're just like, they, they never deliver on any of this. Like I know this, Mm -hmm. working at a medium sized firm, you end up getting a subcontract to do the work that the big firms get the big profit for. And I think it's a lot of the same thing in vendor world as well.
0: All right. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to one that really irks me is I am still getting pitches for things that are either completely irrelevant to the company I work for or, and this is the best part, shit that competes. With what we do, <laughs> so it's <laughs> no like uh,
1: <laughs>
0: him anymore either. It's just that's a really bad mojo, like across the board. Super. Oh, but yeah, but that that is like
1: that pales in comparison to that creepy. Holy frig! That creepy thing that you sent me. I'm like, bro, <laughs> bro, they're going to turn you into a
0: lampshade, bro. Don't do it. Don't yeah. respond, man. Yeah. to send a search party out for you, man. This is my favorite story. And it's the inspiration for today's episode title. <laughs> so uh, in full transparency, it didn't happen to me, but it happened to somebody in the organization. Um, and... I'm going to try We're an audio. So I'm going to try to explain it to you. Right. So it's your average sort of cold outreach BDR touch point. And then at the bottom, it says, P.S., just a picture of how our call is going to look like. I mean, never mind that that English is iffy. So let's make it happen. Smiley face. And there's a picture of who I presume is the BDR with their laptop turned toward the camera, holding a mug of something and just full screen LinkedIn profile photo. <laughs> and it gives me the willies. It's so creepy. And yes, you are right. If you take that meeting. That person's going to turn you into a lampshade because that is just some weird gimmicky level of subs- I mean, I have two reactions. The first is revulsion. Uh, the second is I kind of feel sorry for the BDR. Cause my inner question is, you know, one who put you up to this? Cause you're clearly very young frontline, maybe fresh out of college, just guessing from the photo. And the security minded individual and myself is like, don't send pictures of yourself to random people. Like, just basic opsec that's weird, it's like your house it's like your surroundings is just it's just bad all around super creepy, super funny, but mostly creepy
1: <laughs> it's it's mostly terrible admittedly like <laughs> <but>. <laughs>
2: Um, when, as you were uh, explaining this question, I, I'm laughing because the 100% worst experience I ever had, it was my first job in the industry. I worked on the reseller side, so I wasn't on the vendor side yet, but Mm -hmm. I was the first one to, you know, meet the customer. I go to a meeting with a vendor. He works for Palo Alto at the time and we were in Chicago. It was a large, large, um, investment firm so we sit down with the the chief procurement officer and the chief procurement officer is not paying any attention to the vendor at all. He's just dead staring me in the eyes. And in the middle of the, the vendor's pitch, he asked me what I look like naked because he was undressing me with his eyes.
1: Get what? the fuck out. <laughs> no. Hold well, on.
2: It gets worse. What? He, Asked me, do I wear slingback shoes, stilettos, or do I just drop to my knees? What, um, what the fuck? <laughs> That's bananas. What well, fucking is this? <laughs> so the vendor rep is like, his his mouth drops. And he, th- the guy that I went on on this meeting with from the vendor side was kind of a pimp player at the time. He was like, you know, with lots of women, he had a lot of money. And he's he's like, dude, I am super fucking offended to the customer. And he's like, you're done. We're out of here. And then the guy whips his man part out. And uh, needless to say, that got back to my employer at the time. And my employer fired him as a customer because they were a customer. It was just a net new deal. He's they filed sexual harassment charges against him.
1: So these are, these are adults like working in North America. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. This is a, this is a chief procurement officer
0: how is that e- i'm just like we had we had things to talk about and like george and i are just <laughs> dumbstruck like i don't even my brain like refuses to compute that that's a thing that happens but i am i am extremely sorry that that happened to
2: you I, you know what the other another one that happened a month later was a director of security was up to be a cso at a uh, another financial firm. I won't say what type of financial firm we were, we did a dinner and we had a happy hour and he was really wasted. They stayed my customer for a really long time. They Mm -hmm. ended up firing this guy and he he walked towards me like this with his hands and he said, I, I think you're a double D and I'm like, I slapped him and then he got like really belligerent with me and he, he had to be escorted out of the restaurant. But needless to say, that gentleman got fired. So this was my first job in the industry. That was 2012. So if you can imagine, you know, 10 years, 11 years later, I yeah, have I mean, so many at, stories.
0: I was just about to ask what year was this? And I'm, I I, I guess I'm both surprised and not that it was 10 years ago and also incredibly disheartened. I, I, I do want to say, well, I guess, thank you for staying in the industry because this is not uh a warm welcome by any means and the fact that you <laughs> that you stayed is you know women got to put up with a lot of shit and uh just the level it, of tolerance that you have to do and and maintain um is a lot and i i totally understand that that must take a toll after a time
2: it still happens though La- uh, in september one of my business partners i won't name her name but she somebody went up to her a CISO went up to her and said you know because she's very uh visible on social media and mm. i was standing right next to her this cso comes and he's, he says all you do is fucking sexualize cybersecurity. we don't need hoes like you and what i flipped out I, this was september of this year in I mean, the colorado region
0: oh i mean so i just threw up a little bit in my mouth but um sales gauntlet this is a rapid fire round of common sales challenges george and i will take turns putting them in front of you maria and we want to hear like a one to two sentence answer as to how you would confront this challenge are you ready
3: yes can i ask one question is this objections that we're getting like in the very first outreach or like a little bit later because i think that matters
0: That's a good question. I will leave it to you based on your experience. I think we've picked we've picked a couple of things that you can hear mid cycle prospecting wherever. All right, George, let's do it. All right, Mayor, are you ready to go?
3: I'm ready. Rock and roll dudes.
1: Okay, challenge number one. My budget is fully allocated for the year.
3: What's it allocated on? Or where are any new additional spends coming from?
0: Okay, my turn. No, thanks. We have that covered already.
3: How do you have it covered?
0: I love it.
1: I can't make a decision by myself. I have to speak to the other leaders
0: before we can advance.
3: <laughs> what do I have to do to earn your trust to get a seat at the table with your leaders to help you with that?
0: Can't talk now. Call back in six months.
3: Why in six months? Oh,
0: Jedi mind tricks this one. Oh, Gosh. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, she's killing it.
1: Someone else from your organization already tried to pitch me. I was not impressed.
3: I probably wouldn't have been either. <laughs>
0: I <didn't expect> that. <laughs> 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 this is just well, oh, fuck that guy. <laughs> Alright, alright, all right. Last one, last one. Um I can't add anything new. We're trying to consolidate. I can help with that. God, there we have it. Sales gauntlet complete. Bro, six and
1: oh. Good job, Maria.
3: Was that good? Like I'm curious. That was so fucking feedback. good. Yeah. Okay. That was good.
0: Uh, there was no there was no shaking under pressure. There was no um uh feel like you I,
3: if I so I had a coach one time that told me that anytime somebody gives you an objection that's filled with vagaries which almost all of those were you just double click and ask a question right back to unpack the vagary. so like I already have budget allocated allocated on what like it's just love it. it's just the same yeah. as having a like I don't want McDonald's for dinner well what would you like then <laughs> like it's yeah. the same as having a conversation it's really kind of no different I guess I don't know
0: Good. I'm glad we can demystify that. Um, So, And I think sometimes
3: the longer the answers are, I know when I am trying to get a response from somebody, the minute that they start talking and they keep like, you just, it's that was a yes or no, dude. I didn't need all that. Like just (laughs) get to the point.
4: I'm going to pick two and I've called out the gift card one before. Um, So if somebody says, Hey, we'll give you a hundred dollar Amazon gift card to look at our pitch. Um, it just makes me feel really dirty, right? I, I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't like that one. I don't dig it. And it just feels like if you have to pay me to listen to your pitch, um, (laughs) is it that good of a pitch that that's kind of my take on that one. Um, another one that, that I really hate and I've seen it less lately, but I've seen it enough is the one where they reach out and say, um, hey, we have evidence that you might be breached, right? Or that your confidential information is Ugh. leaking. We found some evidence out there, confidential information. Uh, and we just want to see if you're aware of it. And for for us, right, like I feel a duty that if we really are leaking confidential information somewhere, like I need to identify it and put a stop to it. So you, I feel like you kind of have to take the call. And then you jump on the call and you find out it's, oh, hey, we found credentials that – uh, it turns out, you know, it's something that we knew about a year ago dealt with. It's totally contained and taken care of and, and actually like mm-hmm. have completely closed it off. Uh, and now I, I've wasted my time to be on the call with that uh, with that salesperson. And I've kind of I've let them have it more than a couple of times on that where it's like, hey, I have a duty to take this seriously. And now you're wasting my time. There's no way I'm buying what you're selling. So that's, well, that's and probably it's, my so, least favorite because we have to treat it like an incident. So,
0: yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. yeah, they pulled the fire alarm. <laughs> then you you came to see what the fire was. Uh, turns out there wasn't. Yeah, I can see how that. Um, it's also like, I mean, George and I have talked about this ad nauseum, but in an industry that needs trust, that's not really the it's not really the right. Oh, the
1: other thing, too, is like a random – and I don't know about you, Mike, with this, but like some random sales guy that you've never talked to before is just coming up to you, acting like they know you, they know your environment, they know your business, and then telling you that you have a major problem that somehow they can magic pill for you. I, you know, we can, we can speak as ourselves here, uh, one SO <laughs> to another <laughs> – I typically have to fight the urge to tell those salespeople to go fuck themselves because why, t- why? Like, why are you coming at me with this shit? It's, it is offensive. It's an insult to our intelligence. And as well, most of the time, these sales guys are like running a script. And George can tell you about this because he's seen every kind of bad sales methodology you can imagine. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about, like maybe an inch deeper than the script that they have. So like okay cool tell me about this how did you find it no no don't get your engineer
4: I want you to tell me. <laughs> I I know the feeling I I will say and I we you know I've listened to to every episode um, you guys uh, of bare knuckles and so one of the things that that you guys talked about and I actually I did some outreach this week I had a, a business development rep reach out to me with a. Uh, an outreach that wasn't super canned. So I actually gave him a chance. And that, that's one thing that I do a little bit more after listening to the, the podcast is like, I'll give people just a little bit of a chance. Right. Um, and I I called him up and I said, Hey, I don't want to, I don't want to view the pitch. I don't want to spend a half hour, but I do want to understand what you do. Um, and he's worked in a couple companies. It was really interesting because one, he was telling me about the companies that you send 500 emails a day and you're getting judged on the metrics of outreaching. And I think George, those are the ones that mm-hmm. they don't know anything, right? They're just guys working in a bullpen, sending a, a canned email again and again and again. Um, this guy was actually saying he sends 12 emails a week maybe and gets like nine responses. Um, so I think some people are coming around and starting to, to learn and and see that what works and what doesn't. So I hope we we see more of that.
5: Yeah, and I think it's, I mean, at the end of the day, right? The theme is getting above the noise. What can we do differently than everyone else? So rather than me just like the days of spray and pray, they still exist, but those people are not being successful in hitting quota. And so it's, how do you kind of, if someone has something you can kind of latch on to, how can you make it your own? So for example, this is one of my favorite stories ever is, there was someone, and I think it was at Riot Games or EA. Actually, he was at Riot. He was leading data science there. And he had a presentation that said, 99 problems, but Spark and Databricks ain't one. And so I wrote him a rap to 99 problems. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Meeting, of course, but it was really bad. It was really cringe. But like, no one else had ever sent him a rap, right? You get yep. anything else like that?
0: Well, l- let me let me call out. <laughs> we'll we'll get into this in the brass tacks, I think. But what I hear from the vendor side is you bothered to notice that he had done that presentation, right? And then okay. you connected the dots, which is yep. something that. All the AI and automation email software isn't gonna do for you. Yeah. The best way to reach this person is on a similar tone. And what you said here for reaching out to Ruby is, you know, competitor in the dating space, Tinder, ISO 27. That you're I mean, that's getting into the nitty-gritty of of where Drata competes, overlapping, you know, with product set, product category, I just think that that's like the level of detail that is required versus like let me dump George, all of the Canadian companies in this territory into this (laughs) thing and just like send them the same message all at once
1: the other thing too that I like that you mentioned there and George kind of keyed on it too you uh, you took another I would say original creative approach to solving the problem which I don't typically see which is you were like okay cool I acknowledge you're not going to take the meeting for the pitch, but then you spun it on them, which by the way, that's like a very 50-50 thing because they could either just continue to ignore that be like, well, I already shot you down. You're like, <laughs> no, can you tell me about your day? Mm-hmm. Tell me about your process. Let's figure out your pain points. Yeah. So something you did, you know, in, in your attempts to cold open them, convinced them enough about you as a person to open up
0: about that. I find that brilliant, brilliant. She- she acknowledged the dance yes. say it again. we've <laughs> said it since episode one you said you're not gonna take the meeting that that you know throws the <laughs> curtains open and says like i am a seller you are a buyer you're not buying what? today that's cool you know can we connect as humans and like talk about this thing that i'm trying to learn more about i think that's that's brilliant i think that works
1: yeah and and Again, that totally derailed the train. It's just that your response, like, it's you're, you are gold. There needs to be more of you. That's all I'm saying.